amazing for you. It was amazing. And I mean, to be completely honest, um, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race is the reason why I am the proud trans woman that I am today. And that's why when I got that call, it was also so special for me to know that after all the rumors and the drama and all the conflamas that, you know, these doors were being opened to me. And I think the show has done so much for me, more than just made me a fabulous drag queen and made me money. It's made me find my authentic self. It's made me a better person that I can actually wake up in the morning and go to sleep and look at people in the eyes and say, I'm happy, I'm living. And um, there's nothing like that. So this, of course, is from Gia Gunn's What You Packin' with Michelle Visage. And I think it is, it is in line with a lot of what we saw in the episode and some of what we talked about in our video hot take this, this week. Um, I guess I don't know if necessarily everything Gia is saying is 100% true for her, but I think it's true in general in a way that is good to hear that story. But I've heard Gia say other things that are not in line with the production and the story that she's telling in this interview. Sure. I mean, right down to the little nuance of her not lip syncing All Hail RuPaul in the mm -hmm. commercial promo, uh, that tweet that Willem, I guess, tweeted back or replied to her when she was like, you know, I'm not going to give back to somebody that doesn't give to me. And then Willem's like, add a girl, mm -hmm. uh, you know, vaguely referencing perhaps RuPaul. But um, I thought this clip of the week was interesting because yeah, it's so opposite kind of the behavior that we see offline ish. Right. I feel like a lot of the, like the Gia bashing the show and RuPaul, a lot of it is, in my opinion, comes more from the fans than the actual words she's saying. Because even the hot take that she, I think she put it out on Friday, just like her reaction and her talking about her experience on Drag Race. Um, if you haven't seen it, go to YouTube on Gia's channel. She has it there. But she says, she's like, you know, this is no shade to RuPaul or the producers. It's more about like the fans and I'm not going to blame the edit. And, you know, I said what I said and, and all of that. And mm -hmm. I, I think that, yeah, what you're saying is uh, I, I kind of see, and I have a question about what general means, but like the story that she's been writing on the show, right, obviously is different than who she is in real life. And we can go into that nuance in uh, the Manila, dis the discussion she has, is, has with Manila. Um, but what do you mean by the story in general? I think that she's telling a very true story for a lot of people in the term in terms of not necessarily like, oh yeah, that was how my experience was when I was on Drag Race, but I think she's highlighting these feelings of like being your authentic self and feeling like you're, uh, you know, feeling a sense that you can just be who you are. Like I think that she's representing a she's representing a trans this is what i want to say she's representing a trans person's experience but i don't know if she's accurate accurately representing her experience you know what i mean oh i see what you mean she's telling the trans story of being on drag race yes right? because it's vh1 logo in the bottom corner everything that's on when she's on vh1 which is the large platform that's when we see this beautiful you know butterfly out of the cocoon this kind of thing of like here i am this is who i always was Thank you, RuPaul's Drag Race. Thank you, RuPaul, for seeing this in me. But at the same time, 
there's there's a lot more in there, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, her story is perhaps a little different. Because what I saw was, and I think she even says this in the end of the episode, or, or at least towards the end of the episode, where she's like, I think it was with Manila, where she says, um, oh man, where is it? Oh, I wish there was another way for me to do mm-hmm. this. I, to, show, yeah. to show you you can be whoever you want to be as a trans woman. I don't feel good about being looked at as a man as a, a man dressed up as a woman. That's not who I am. I just want to be me. Um, you know, she, she also, I think in a talking head, talks about how coming back to Drag Race, it brought up all of these old habits and these bad habits, which I think a lot of queer people can kind of relate to uh where the bad habits are being cutthroat being negative being shady um to me it reads as like you know when you're in drag you can sometimes get caught up in the armor and in the bad habit that you have a feeling like you have to constantly fight and if you are a woman trapped in a man's body you're constantly fighting you're constantly deflecting so that people don't really see in so you're put on in this very interesting you know, hot crock pot of a show and you panic and you're like, what am I going to do? Okay. I'm just going to, I'm going to throw hate. I'm going to throw shade because that's what I know how to do. That's what makes me feel strongest. But I guess being vulnerable, but I guess I feel like that, that either contradicts or I don't know how it lines up with Gia being a writer with Gia knowing that she's on this show playing a villain role, that she's, she's, she's aware of what she's doing to a certain extent. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And so I feel like to be so aware and then to have this moment of truth of like, I, I just, you know, and it's hard because it, it, it appears very true. Like, I think there's elements of what she's doing that are exactly what you're saying. Like when she says, I was just desperately trying to be funny in Snatch Game. I think that's 100% true and not right. Gia being the villain. But I think so much of what she says in that conversation with Manila, I think is is the she's not just playing the role of the villain there she's playing the role of the trans woman on drag race yeah I see and it's a mean. great story that she's telling I just don't think it's hers I'm not okay. buying it Gia I'm not buying not it, after Gina, everything else I've know. seen you know well I will say I think that there's there's some validity in her telling the trans story on this platform because as you know to her point I wish there was another way for me to do this I think is a huge statement because when you think about all of the large platforms and shows that someone like Gia or a trans performer or a trans person can go on to show a journey to show the world this message I mean you have Pose right which is a scripted show now right, right. you have if you want to count head over heels peppermint right doing something groundbreaking breaking as a trans person and you have Drag Race. You have the Switch, if you want to count that. Maybe Dragula. I guess the point I'm trying to make is that it's hard. Like, visibility mm-hmm. is hard for trans people. And we have to start with the queer community. And right now, the biggest show for the queer community is perhaps RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, there's so like there's stuff on Vice. Has- there's that show, like, Our House or something like that. And I'm not remembering what it is. But, like, there is certainly... Uh, media out there that that is some kind of platform for trans people. There was obviously that show that Caitlyn Jenner was on for a little bit. Oh, um, sure. There was another show that I think Whoopi was involved with, or it was some sort of like fat, like almost like America's Next Top Model, but with trans queens. Okay. Point being, I'm mentioning all these things that have kind of come and gone. Like we're not still talking about them. Right. The way and we're still talking know, about Drag Race. Yeah, and and you think about Gia or any trans person when they have to show their visibility or when they need to 
you know, have a platform, they're competing against boys and queer male spaces. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, Drag Race is a queer male space. It was designed uh, that way. Exactly. And so it's it, it's hard. It's going to be difficult. And mm -hmm. so the only way that she could find that, it seems, the only way she could find that was to be shady, was to cause drama, was to create a very entertaining three episodes. Yeah. You know, no, arguably. I, I mean, like, the, the, at the, I went to Hardware on Friday to watch it. Like, people were living for the fight between her and Trinity. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that statement of, like, I wish there was another way I could do this, I think that was... I think there was a lot of truth in there. Like, I think that conversation with Manila was a mix of her story and the quote unquote trans story. And I use big sure. quotes on that. Um, yeah. But I think that, yeah, I think that that told me a lot about Gia that it's like, I wish, I wish that I could come on this show and be an, you know, open, proud trans woman and be a competitor and not have to resort right. to other, like, I think that we were seeing, especially with Snatch Game, which is, as she says, is like the hardest challenge. And certainly for a performer like her is that like, that's where we really saw the, that she couldn't even figure out how to write, you know, like she couldn't be the writer anymore because she was so out of her element that I think right. we were seeing the real Gia. And um, I, I appreciated that. I appreciated that what we put that the real story about Gia is that she is, she got desperate and that she was, yeah. she was resorting to desperate tactics um, to, you know, to compete and that she didn't right. have the confidence in her skills to compete another way. I was texting with Robert from Grizzly Kiki over the weekend, just kind of about Gia, because, you know, I, I, I texted him. I said, like, oh, help me. I need a support group because I still like love Gia and I don't know how to stop, you know, because there's so much hate around for her. And he's like, oh, you need to join a group like you need to get over it. Yeah. Um, and, and see ya, and Gia. <laughs> Um, and you know, I, I, I love, I love Robert. Um, but, uh, I, what I'm left with is also like, okay, we haven't met Gia, you know? I mean, there are people that have met her and are like, yeah, she's shady. But like, I think like she lives with Laganja Estranja. Like there's this whole life. There's this whole person that, you know, we're seeing this trans story that she's trying to tell, which is a very important story. We're not necessarily always seeing the Gia story unless you're watching her YouTube videos, her, her gender transformation surgery stories and all of that. Like a lot of that is very illuminating. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, when she gets on drag race, when she puts on the armor, when she puts on the wigs, she becomes very unforgivable, right? Her yeah. bad behavior, I don't think is erased. I don't think that we see that we can't not see the bad behavior as like, whoa, cool it, right? You're not playing the game, right? You know, if you're playing to win, you're going to be nice to your fellow queens because they're going to vote for you. Right. You know, when I think with Gia, because she's doing it to such an extreme that it's it. And, and she's kind of spoken about this on social media in a way that like she is in a lot of ways a reminder that this is all a TV show and we have no idea who these people are. Right. If all right. we're going on is what we're seeing on the show, because not to be one of those people who says blame the edit. It's mere. It's the mere fact, as we all know, that they have hours of footage and they have mm. forty minutes to or fifty nine minutes now that they have to like, you know, fit it all into. And so we're only going right. to see the narratives they need to create. And even and if people, we're seeing like actual things that are reflective of that queen, it's still like such a tip of the iceberg of who that person is. 
And people love to hate the villain. And, you know, we can't stop them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, no, I'm going to see the villain. I'm going to I'm going to hate what exactly what I'm seeing. And that's fine. Uh, I just you know, there is more nuance to it. But if you want to watch the show and be like, ah, fuck that bitch. You know, that's just how it goes sometimes. I mean, that's the thing about Drag Race is it kind of works on all those levels. I mean, I think. I think the limit is then don't go on like social media and tag her and say, you know, I'm going to throw acid on your face. I think there's where maybe you want to figure out how you're watching the show. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was at hardware and there was uh, a queen hosting it who was not a fan of Gia Gunn, you know, rightly so again, that maybe she's met her there. There's lots that maybe we don't know, but after about the first half hour of the hosting, like the, the audience was kind of like, just not laughing at the shade against Gia anymore. Yeah, yeah. And still, and still, at the end of the episode when she was eliminated, everybody cheered. Oh, of course. Yeah, no. I mean, but who knows if they were cheering for Gia going home versus Valentina saying. Well, stay. that's what I was going to say. When I was imagining viewing parties, there had to be a lot of people who were, like, hanging on by their fingernails about Valentina. So, sure. Like, oh, sure. I, I, if you did not watch the episode prior, right? There were Actually, in the audience at Hardware, most of them... I think, mo- yeah, I'd say about 90% of them haven't seen the episode already. Yeah, so I wonder most how... Most people don't do that. Most people aren't, like, drag-obsessed. They're just like, oh, this is, you know, we're going to watch the football game. Yeah, you know? oh, that show I like <laughs> is on, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I feel like that whole idea of being on that, like, inner circle or what to whatever extent of, like, people who are like, ooh, it got leaked on WoW Presents Plus. You got a link? <laughs> I think that is, um, I think that to us, it's a lot of people because that's the people we're surrounded by. Sure, yeah. sure. Yes, but in the, in reality, it's like, what? Yeah, who? Who? Yeah. What? Uh, but yeah, you know, I think um, I was listening to sibling rivalry this week, and Monet is like, oh my god, Gia is a disgusting person, and Bob was like. Well, you know, every interaction I've had with Gia has been perfectly fine, so I can't really say anything about it. I'm like, okay, that's a perfect example of Gia Gunn, right? Like, there are some people that are just like, ugh, and then there are some people like, well, I don't really know her. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel like that. I think there's a lot of people who are like that, and it would make sense that a person like that would be a drag queen. You know, it's yeah. like sure, oh, sure. it's sure. Uh, a a device a divisive personality. You know, I think it's right. like right. that's probably a dime a dozen. But on Drag Race, you have to be like it's required to be an element of likable. You know, and and I was rewatching um, Gia's entrance uh, today. And it's so interesting because she came in with a crown of thorns and Monique Hart says, oh, she's got on a crown of thorns. You know, we're about to uh, uh, have a crucifixion. Is that what she said? Yeah. uh, Yeah. We're about to crucify her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Well, and that's what happened. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like you've succeeded. Gia walked in knowing exactly what was going to happen to her this season. Like, Mm, I mean, she's she's a writer. She's a writer. Yeah. And I I don't see her as a victim. I don't think she sees herself as a victim. I mean, not to jump the boom, boom gun, but like what a graceful exit. So. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Especially compared to her season six exit, you know. Oh, God. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And yeah, we'll talk about those moments as they come up. But, you know, why don't we jump into this episode, this new Snatch Game of Love. So why don't we tell our listeners what they're listening to? Well, they're, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Uh, which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little beady beady TV show. I'm Johnny. And I'm Colin. And this week, we are, of course, continuing our recap of All Stars 4 with the Snatch Game of Love. Is that what it's called? Mm. Snatch Game of Love? Snatch Game Snatch of Love. Snatch Game of Love. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, baby. Now, of course, <laughs> some of you have already heard and seen 
our thoughts and feelings on this episode because you're a ten dollar Matreon, a nuance, mm. a nuance level Matreon. I feel like saying yes. the money is kind of gauche. A nuance level Matreon. Yeah, right, right. Um, and only Mary. Our, and only Mary. Mary. Really, you're an yeah. only Mary because you have access to our only Mary videos, um, <laughs> which is super, which is really fun. And like, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was weird to watch myself talk about Drag Race. So hopefully, oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched about five minutes of it, and I said, oh, there's my cat, and then I turned it off. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, you know, it's so funny. I did not realize Ella was there for so long. I would have had, had acknowledged oh. him. Oh, I was kind of loving it was a little Easter egg, because yeah. I also we were having a discussion, and I was like, all right, Ella, okay, you're here. Right, You know, right. a little cameo. Yeah, yeah. Well, he knew he wanted, he wanted to be in the picture. I know. <laughs> oh, Ricky, well, yeah. I want to be in the show. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, Red hair and all, or orange hair and all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, uh, things have settled, obviously, since the hot take. I watched it at Hardware. I got to watch it a few times over the weekend and, you know, uh, watched Watch a Pack In and all of that. So things have kind of settled in and I, I have some more thoughts. Uh, so I just want to start out this uh, recap podcast um, about this show by just mentioning how many times the phrase... This is all stars has been said on this show. Yeah, could we get a supercut? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about making one starting with All Stars 2 because in this episode alone, it happened three or four times, right? Yeah. The first time is Valentina on Farrah's Elimination when she's like, this is All Stars, girl. Well, it's like next to that, could we get a supercut of every time a queen on All Stars has to say, this is really hard. It's just like really hard to like send your fellow competitors home. And then someone else saying, well, girl, you're going to have to just figure it out because that's how the game is played. It's like we are on the fourth season of this. We know. You yeah, all know. know. <laughs> it's just like it's it's becoming as cliche as like, well, it's a new day in the workroom and right, which they right, like right, get right. trained to say. It's like yes. the fill in the blank. New day in the workroom. Well, it's this day. Yeah. yeah. Like, well tell us what's going on. Yeah. 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 Or as uh, <laughs> Tell as us Jane how hard and... the elimination was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. As Jane and Valerie on the comeback, it's like, we just need a number. Which episode are we on? Right. Well, you know, we, we, we film it no, we just need a number. <laughs> four. We're on episode four. <laughs> four. We're on episode four. <laughs> Um, so I just want to give a big shout out to our All Right Mary fashion correspondent, Ileana, yes. who has been sending us um, screenshots and pictures and the research that she's doing on some of the looks that these queens bring to the runway and where they fit in the fashion world. Because I am not a fashion queen. I am uh, a, uh, Lumpy blue a talking sweater. head queen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm also a talking head queen, yeah. like a correspondent queen. Like, that's what I like. Um, but she was telling me how Valentina's last lip sync, uh, the one where she twirled, mm -hmm. um, was a Versace look. And she showed me the look. I was like, oh, damn. Mm -hmm. uh, we also had um, Valentina, or excuse me, Naomi Smalls. Also, it was uh, a, a, another fashion look. Naomi, for the past, this episode and the past two episodes, has done. A, a quote of an iconic fashion moment. Yeah, yeah, which, of course, doesn't surprise me, and I hope she continues it. Obviously, if they have to make their own looks at some point, you know, I, I'm sure she could pull a reference out, you know? Sure, um, sure. Yeah. Uh, I, the next note I had was Monet saying, I'm mad. I wanted $10,000. I'm mad. Oh, yeah, the way that she – and she's just, like, leveling with the camera. She's like, I'm mad. <laughs> I want that $10,000. I'm mad. Uh, she's I, not mad. She's she not, mad. not mad. She's like, whatever. She's like, <laughs> she's like, it's like, don't hurt. Don't, 
don't don't hit don't people. hit people <laughs> don't hit people uh so i wrote down my first note was was monet saying where the hugs and kisses at i don't know why i thought that was funny i don't know where the hugs and kisses at um i also took note of monique's wig came off uh, way too easily like disconcertingly easily you know i was like right. girl right. I, I mean Pin it down. Enough <laughs> of this. Stop making it look like it's so easy to come off. Uh, it just shocks me. But <laughs> what can you do, Mary? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the uh, when I was at Hardware and also watching Alone, um, Trinity versus Monet. This this fight so entertaining and was not real. It was like oh. all this fun shade throwing mm -hmm. and a popcorn out. Uh, Trinity also says this is all stars again. It's great. Yeah, this was like the editing around every time they started laughing or saying just kidding. Like that, they had to yeah. trim this down significantly to look real. Uh, and then they have that talking head, the sort of like the leading up to the opening titles of Trinity doing one of those like, so you better watch out because I'm coming for you. And then she does, I think it's supposed to be an evil laugh, but it sounds like a Caitlyn Jenner laugh. It's like a, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. It's, She's laughing at her joke of like, the tuck will rise and rise again. But I, know, I think she was like trying to do like a, but like a, you know, ha, 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 ha. ha. But instead it was, uh, <laughs> ha, ha. It was one of those, ah, I'm an Olympian. <laughs> Malibu. Malibu, baby. <laughs> Oh my I just, god! I I love Trinity's face during this whole fake uh, fake fight with Monet. Oh my like, god! Yes. Uh. <laughs> oh my god! Because she's just she is looking at her like the cool babysitter who's like, I let you stay up, I let you watch Oz. We ordered Domino's. I got Cinestix. Put on and those glasses. Yeah. With no 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 windows. Yeah, and and you're yeah. I let you put on those lensless glasses, and you're gonna tell me that my drag's in fresh. Go to bed. I'm telling your mother everything. <laughs> Yeah. No, no, we're done. I've had it. We're done. We're, I've had it. God, I just want a whole supercut of just, or just a series, a web series of Trinity being a cool babysitter with low patience. <laughs> yeah, before you question my taste, get you a taste. Yeah. Oh, oh. So good. So good. Yeah, Trinity won that fight. I'm sorry. Trinity won that fight. Monet was just like coming for her, whereas Monet's <laughs> like, Trinity's coming for a girl. I'm like, please. I know. I feel like Monet, she stirs pots. She's not ready to totally stir. <laughs> but she does it anyway, and I, I love her for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's very sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess the next day in the workroom, Valentina comes in, fashion the fashion. Monique's eye glare said it all. It's oh, kind of like, yeah. all right, you either love this or you hate this. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I would see, I could get a little tired of it if it was one of the other queens because I'm like seeing somebody else produce, you know. And yeah. granted, Monique is is self-producing in her own way. But I have to say, I know we're only three episodes in and I don't know when she goes, but I don't know who else is the narrator right now but Monique. You're absolutely right. I mean, the the the, the probably number two would be Latrice because Latrice really does kind of comment on the action the only time that i feel like she's produced is when she's in the workroom but in the as a commentator she does kind of give it to you and it's I, fun. I feel like latrice is basically like olmec in legends of the hidden temple it's like every once in a while we get a a, a, a bit of wisdom mm. Mm. someone get rid of this shady queen is this gonna be more romper room fuckery mm. hidden temple <laughs> somebody get that silver monkey or whatever they were <laughs> purple monkey out of here <laughs> 
the shrine of a silver monkey. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like Latrice. I mean, obviously she fe- was featured more this episode, but like once again, are you just are you just here because we want to have a season full of Latrice again? Are you really yeah. competing? Yeah, I just I have lots of thoughts on it because I think she should have been in the bottom this episode. I agree. I will get yeah. there. I had the same thought. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rue introduces the snatch game and then twists it up, says snatch game of love. And I just got to say, after 11 seasons, they're finally changing this up. I think it was smart. I think that snatch game has not. It's been declining more or less, maybe not on a steep, like a steady decline, but I think in general, the amount of like, I don't know, uh, memorable performances that come out of it is fairly low in the last few seasons, honestly. I mean, I think All-Stars 3, Bendela Creme, I think is a big exception. Oh, sure, um, sure. But I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think like, oh yeah, well, you know, season season 10 had, I mean... I mean, I, like Aquarius. Season ten was season ten was one of the worst snatch games. Yeah, I mean, obviously Monet was good, but I mean, Monet would be considered safe on a stronger um, snatch game. You know what I mean? Well, she was she was safe. The winner was uh, Aquarius. But I mean, I don't think she would have been seen as like one of the. the I think she would have been oh, basically like Jazzo right. and Fox in season six. Yeah, like oh, that was You're good. That was right. funny. But like, yeah. she'd be sent to the safe. You know, the, right. the safe girls right. in the back. Yeah. Yeah, I have lots of thoughts on the the change of format on past snatch games and and whatnot. And I think we can move that over to nuance because I do have a lot to talk about uh, with Snatch Game of Love versus Snatch Game. All right. Um, so is that cool if we just kind of put a pin in it, Mary? Yeah, let's talk about the whole challenge in nuance. No, I'm kidding. I know what you're talking <laughs> about because we talked about this before <laughs> okay. the episode. We will have yeah. a meta conversation about Snatch Game and nuance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Monet's doing Whitney. Yes. Oh, and I have the note here, and I guess it's worth mentioning just now as we're diving in, but I feel like so far, and, and including this episode, like Naomi Smalls, I feel like all of her talking heads are like interviews with the ghost from Christmas Future. Like, I feel like it's like, it's coming, baby. It's coming. Just you wait. It's coming. I feel like whenever we get a talking head from her, it's like, oh, that ninja. I forgot about her. Like, she's, you know, she is, she is playing this game very calculated. She doesn't say anything shady, or at least when she does say something shady, she's able to say it with like such a smile that you know it's not that mean. Yeah. And I feel like she is gunning for at least Miss Congeniality, if not top three because of it. Yeah. This episode is, you know, a rise for Naomi Smalls because she did so well with Wendy Williams. Mm -hmm. And yeah, all of her, her talking heads are, sweet kind sexy right you know? and also like and hinting at someone who knows who's feeling confident and like knows yes. how to play the game we're not really seeing any yeah. nerves we also don't yeah like to your point not to jump ahead but like when she talks about uh barbara streisand is it no 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 um oh oh it's uh caitlin jenner, caitlin yeah, jenner. She's like oh my god i'm here for yeah. i'm so entertained yeah she's like caitlin yeah. jenner is stealing the show and i'm i'm so entertained instead of being threatened like Right. That's impressive. Uh, but anyway, I just I had that note. And I don't want to forget to mention like Naomi Smalls still kind of under the radar and killing it the whole time. Um, what? Whereas, what do you think about? Yes, go I'm going to say about Monet's Whitney. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's what I think. I I really wish that Monet Whitney, Whitney did not make sense to me for Monet. I kind of would have loved to see her do Ayanla Van Zant. Do you know who that is? I don't know. I don't know who that oh, is. Oh, she is. Uh, she's fabulous. She's like an inspirational speaker and an author, and she's like close with Oprah, and she's such a personality. And like, I just think that Monet could 
Monet could knock that so far out of the park that her Maya Angelou would look like uh, Chi-Chi Devane's Maya Angelou. Ooh. And it would have it would have given her a lot of material and would have been kind of in line with the way that she was approaching Whitney, where she wasn't taking Whitney's character. She was just trying to be clever. And I yeah. think that, like, Ayanla would have given her more content to be clever with, you know? I, I, I totally see what you mean. It, with Whitney, the jokes kind of seem stale. Yeah. Uh, they seem kind of tired. Asia chose not to do it, um, or at least was guided not to do yeah. it, which I think is like, that's important to know, right? Sahara Davenport did it in season two. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, what are you going like, to, what else are you going to do with Whitney except be funny and then maybe get one of her, her, you know, her albums wrong, which she did. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it, w- it was both not, not only was it an issue of like, how are you going to make her funny? And I just don't know if, she knew but also that idea of like not really deeply knowing the character the way other like great snatch game performances it's like oh they had every like yeah. any situation could come and they could be that character in that moment you know right i feel like i feel like anybody that's going to do whitney is basically going to do maya rudolph doing whitney yeah and it's like even if she did that like i think of Kristen wig as Suze orman was basically what katya did in season seven Right. It'll it'll do the job. It's kind of like, you know, it, it's the poor man snatch game is just do this, the SNL version of it. But sure. I mean, because my Rudolph's Whitney is great. I would have been fine if that's what, what Monet did. But so she just didn't do she it. She just didn't. Yeah. I felt like she was just kind of like Monet in a nice white dress. Yeah, I, I certainly just saw Monet. Yeah, um, she was not the worst of snatch game, but we'll no. we'll we'll talk about yeah. that later. Yeah, um, I when we were watching the episode together, Monilla and Latrice talking about uh, Della Reese and how they're the dinosaurs. Oh yeah, what are your thoughts on this little scene? I felt like this was. I felt like it was so produced. It was like they had filmed it a few weeks later. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you know how like Amanda talks about on Amanda Loves to Hate Teen Mom that there's scenes on Teen Mom they have to like go back and they put the wigs oh, on sure. the girls. I felt oh like this they had like a wig on Manila to film this conversation. Um, oh my god! Even the staging of it, like and the filming of it, just felt. I felt like I was watching like an acting exercise. You know, it seemed it seemed kind of like a bonus clip. Yes, I was like, yeah. all right. Like, okay, you're putting this in for a reason. And I guess it was to show, okay, Manila's actually going to win. Right, right. Because I feel like she's not really giving them any drama because she's keeping her nose out of it. So, like, Mm. how do we, like, play this queen up and, like, give her more content? And I feel like Manila's the kind of contestant, they could also go up to her and be like, hey, so we need to do a scene where we can kind of, like, show more about you. And she'd be like, yeah, sure, what do you need? You know, like, I think Alaska was kind of like that in All Stars too. you know? Yeah, and I mean, you're saying it was more to show more about Manila, but to me, Manila certainly got some airtime, but it was also an opportunity for Manila to interview Latrice because RuPaul isn't doing walkthroughs. Oh, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that. So Latrice is now like, oh, man, the romper room fuckery on my first season. I hope that this is going to be the one. Yeah. I get to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that, is that they, they have to get a way to set up that Act 1 gun, and RuPaul isn't doing walkthroughs. She's not doing walkthroughs. So yeah. she hasn't done any this whole season? She hasn't done, she hasn't done any yet. I, I feel like I can't believe I didn't notice that. That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, 
Uh, Valentina versus Gia. uh, Not versus, but Valentina and Gia discussion. We love this because Gia says, oh, I thought you were going to do Selena. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, that's not funny. Oh, yeah. No, she's not that funny. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Like, that was. Gia tried to do Selena in her season of Snatch Game. Yeah, I just, I couldn't believe that they didn't refer back to that. They didn't have, like, a clip back to her. Beady, beady. Doing that or, like, interview, like. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to show a clip of RuPaul talking to somebody in the workroom in a season where he's not talking to anybody oh, in the workroom. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Something right. feels different this season. RuPaul seems <laughs> more removed from the competition. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, yeah, we get to this like fake Jenner gate that I'm not. I love this. I love. Well, I love this. It was like a telenovela where Valentina played the audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, there's a new. Yeah. There, there's there's a new meme that is coming out where it's what you want to do is not necessarily what you're gonna do. And it, I, the best one I saw so far is when two tops start to hook up and one of them has to buy. Right. 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 right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am um, goop. Yeah. <laughs> goop. <laughs> oh my god, Monique with that fan. Goop. Uh but yeah, I mean that whole scene, that whole I'm doing Donatella Versace kind of moment. Uh I mean I I think the way that Gia Gunn was like I mean, I could do Jenny Bowie, I guess. It was yeah, just out of nowhere. She's like, well, I guess I could do Jenny Bowie. You know, it's so funny because her smirk the whole time was the tell for me. Yeah. She was smirking like she was holding back a laugh, like like th- this was created. Like mm-hmm. she actually was going to do Jenny, you know, perhaps the whole time. Maybe she did think she was going to do Caitlyn Jenner. I don't know. But she certainly did have a backup. Yeah. Because that whole thing of like, you came to All-Stars 4 without a backup? <gasps> you don't have a backup? Oh, my God. Right. It was, it was way too much. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like, okay, come on. That being said... Part of me would have wanted Gia to be Caitlyn so that we could hear her say, I don't know how you girls wear those shoes. I- no, she says, she says, I just don't know how you girls walk. In oh, oh yeah, things. I don't know how you girls walk in those shoes. Because walk is the, is the way she goes, it walk in those shoes. Walk in these Walk in these. Oh, yeah, walk in these. Oh, God. It just, it was so <laughs> good. It. it was like, it was just like the personification of oatmeal. It just was like, what is this? <laughs> She's feeling her oatmeal. She was Mary. feeling her wheats, oats, and grains. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Latrice like wrote that off so quickly. I don't know if it was the editing or what, but like, it's just like, oh come on, what else you got? I'm like, that was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Um, yeah, I kind of loved like Trinity and and Latrice just like not buying her Caitlyn Jenner. She's like, uh huh, yeah. What else? But then then she does this like generic kind of offensive like you know, Miss oh, Swan no. kind of voice. And you're like, oh, yeah, do that. That's going to be really good. And I'm like, oh, c- come on. The L's is ours. Where are we? Yeah, where are we? Yeah. Jesus. And, you know, that's that's the extent of her impression. Like, she had nothing else to offer that impression. Yeah. But I will say, the bar I was at watching this, like, loved this fight. Like, this was when we were the loudest. Oh, yeah. This is like, I feel like this is such, you know, Bar- How could you not want this? This is such you bar. Know, there's nothing evil yeah. villain about this. Yeah. This is just like fun shit. Yeah, it's Barbie. Produced it is. Yeah, yeah this, it's Barbie. This is like having a halftime show or having some kind of spectacle that you know everyone at the ball. Well, I guess the halftime show is when everyone goes and pees. I actually don't know what happens. Well, the gay people watch. That's the, when the gays yeah. are like, "Oh, the halftime show is on. Wake up, right, girl. Right, wake right, up." Right. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, Zach, yeah. Brian, Andrew, Justin, yeah. wake up. The halftime show's on. Gaga. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway. Michael. Michael. Seven guys pop up. Yeah. Matthew. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they watch the uh, the national anthem and then they watch the happy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Did you see her work? She hit that last note. Let's go outside. <laughs> this, of course, is a stereotype. Yeah. This isn't all gay men. Yeah. yeah. Some we, people watch yeah, the Super Bowl. We know. It's just, us. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just us. Honestly, it's just us. I'm not making fun of anybody. This is literally what I would do. It's just me. Yeah. yeah it's just me. I just don't have all those friends. <laughs> I just don't know how you guys have all. I just don't know how you guys have all those friends. I've got this social anxiety. Doing Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. This is me as Caitlyn Jenner at a bar with no friends. (laughs) That's my kind of drag. It's Malibu. Loneliness, baby. (laughs) I got a lot of miles, honey. <laughs> Got a lot of miles on my couch. Yeah. My gr- Move on, sweetie. You lost. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of miles on your couch. I love I it. Do. All right. So we have the snatch game of love. Uh, are you ready to, to go there, Mary? Uh, yes, I am. I uh, Yes, I, I, I'm seeing the note where I said I wish Monet to die on Van Zant, but I also have the note of how many times she, she, that she goes, ha ha, as Whitney. Oh, ha ha. Ha ha. Um, huh. Just yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, go for it. Yes, and I also felt like that Naomi Smalls, as we said before, I think her Wendy, I think, it, I think it only it it did get a little Fran Drescher towards the end. I will say, yeah, there were some nuanced things that she was doing that were very nuanced, like Valentina, mm-hmm. but like they weren't jokes necessarily. Right, right. Um, speaking of which, do you remember Fran Dresser? Yes, I made that mean. Yes, it was like an early, like early, early in our courtship with the squirrel friends when we were just yes. like two Twitter accounts just kind of peeking at each other and showing a yeah. nipple across the way. Yeah, uh, I, 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 I screenshotted a picture of a zebra print dresser mm-hmm. and then and then put, you know, in text over it, Fran dresser. I think it was a leopard yeah. print. Oh, leopard print. Yeah, yes, yeah, because I think one of them had said like, oh, it's Fran dresser. And then, yeah. yeah. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> uh, those old days. Oh, I, and I think I said, um, "Oh, Mister Sheffield," and it was Shellfield. Oh, sure, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, very clever. It's very clever. Yeah, it's very clever. It's very funny. That's no, very funny. Very yeah, funny. It's very funny. Um, so Gus Kensworth, Kenworthy uh, is one of the uh, judges. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, he is incredibly handsome. Yeah. And the the thing that I have with people that are like guess Gus is that they don't have to be that funny for people to call him funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. Like he's, of course. He's, he's not that funny. A lot of that stuff was written for him, but he will be able to host something. He'll have a career after skiing because he is very attractive. And I, I mean, sure. I don't know him personally. So again, this is all just what I'm seeing and what I noticed on the podcast with RuPaul, but he's not, he's, he's just not that he's not, it's just interesting because he's on the show because he was an out gay Olympian. Mm-hmm. He's He wasn't out when he won the gold medals, but he was out the second time. And, you know, he's very attractive. It's kind of like that thing that, like, I do think there's some truth in, is, uh, you know, that whole stereotype of, like, someone who's very, very good looking, like, never had to learn how to be funny, never had to develop mm. a personality because no one ever, like, held that standard to them. And I think that, like... I'm sure there's exceptions. I know I'm sitting right here, but <laughs> <laughs> put myself aside. Um, 
No, I, mean, I just I think that like I think there is also some truth in like if you if you don't walk in the room kind of knowing or feeling like you're the hottest thing, like maybe you put a little more effort in. You know what I mean? Like I think there's some sure. truth in that like even if you have just like no sense of how you look, if you think like, oh God, I'm just like a six in a room full of nines, you're gonna figure out how to like, you know, still win folks over. You know what I mean? I think there's I don't know. Uh, I, I get what you're saying, Mary. I totally get it. I think Gus is also young. He came out late. You know, he's he's still trying to feel his oats in being gay. Sure. And what that means and what that means for him to be queer and what what shouldn't he put on and what was repressed. And you know what I mean? So of I course. think that there's he's still room for growth. He's doing all he, that stuff that a lot of us were either lucky or unlucky to, to do in like our teen years. Sure, yeah. or, or early 20s. Early 20s, 20s yeah. yeah, which is basically right. an extension of your teen years. <laughs> like, looking back, I'm like, oh, I was just like an older 16-year-old. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, okay, so I thought maybe we could just talk about each impression uh, or each Snatch Game character yeah. uh, in this little section. Um, we, we started to talk about Monet's uh, Whitney. You know, I thought this was funny. She just wasn't as comfortable with Maya Angelou, and I wonder if that had anything to do with the fact that she wasn't behind a desk, okay? She didn't really have anything to, like, ground her. She was just kind of uncomfortably sitting in that stool, and maybe the pressure was also getting to her because she looked kind of nervous to me. Like there was yeah. times when she just did not land any, any, anything clever. You know, I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like Monet, I can kind of, I can, I can read her face. And I know that sounds creepy. Like I'm stalking her, but I think Monet's energy and her personality is just very clear. And like, I think she's just like a very easy person to kind of like, read in a in a positive way and I think that's why I like her so much uh is that like I can tell when she's nervous I can tell there's this weird way that I'm like maybe I get nervous the same way there's just like this intuitive knowing of like oh girl you look like I feel like I know what you did right there you tried to say this and this came out instead like I just feel like I can pick up what it is and I empathize with it and because I can maybe recognize what's going on for her I'm like Oh God, get out of there, girl! Because if that was me, I would be like, I'd be a sinking ship. Like this would just be, if not the Titanic, the Lusitania at best. You know? I hear you. I there was some. I think she was edited very kindly. I mean, when she dropped that cigarette, yeah, that could have been like the epic shady moment, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, like, that was out of character. Yeah, she stayed in character. Like, oh, I dropped my cigarette. Yeah, but it's like. I, oh, I like that Monet because oh. she'll she'll mostly like she'll have those moments, but she'll still kind of save it or stay in character or it's still just kind of charming. Uh, there is this little nuance that when they start to close that wall, she kind of like jumps and like turns. Oh, and I looks. saw that. I saw that. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, that yeah. was really cute. I was thinking, oh, that's like a that's like a paranoid Whitney. OK, I know what's going on yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just it. I, I think the thesis of the character just wasn't there the same way that it was for Maya Angelou. And so she just didn't kind of know didn't seem like she knew where to exist as as Whitney, you know. Yeah, I think she got caught off guard. <clears throat> you know, the number one debut album in 1998, Good Love. It's like, yeah, that's I mean, maybe she meant to say 1988. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. who knows? And, and I don't know. I feel like I saw a lot of tweets about that. So, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Whoops. Um, <laughs> whoops, yeah. as uh, Dusty would say. Yeah. Um, Naomi Smalls is Wendy Williams. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I thought these jokes and the impression were great, but the spotlight was just stolen by Caitlyn Jenner. Absolutely. I, you know, I think that it's funny because we saw Dita Ritz do Wendy Williams in Ulster, in season four, and right. it wasn't like it was a, a great Wendy Williams, but it wasn't a train wreck. It just, unfortunately, no one kind of remembers it because she was between, like, Jiggly Caliente and Fifi O'Hara. Like, so right. it was like, and then anyone who was doing well would be outshined by Chad Michaels. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Wendy Williams, it, the curse of Wendy Williams is that you keep getting outshined. Oh, yeah. 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 No Emmy. Yeah, um, no whammy for I, Wendy. I, lo- I loved her nuance of, How's LL Cool J? And she kind of keeps her mouth open mm-hmm. and looks to the side, yeah. which is very Wendy. Yeah. Uh, well, it was, there was there was some little moments where I'm like, oh, good job. Come on, Naomi. Yeah. When I The first time I watched it, I was like, okay, I guess that was okay. I kind of, eh, maybe not. And then I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think Kev sent us, uh, Kiev sent us that video of her performing, doing a, like a lip dub of Wendy. Yeah. And so many nuances that she was capturing, so many like little gestures. And I thought, okay, I, then I think I watched the episode again while I was taking notes and it was like, actually, this is pretty good. Like, this is, it was great. Way better than I remembered it. Like she's, it it may have slipped here and there, but, uh, totally, uh, she totally knew who Wendy Williams was in the way that it seemed like Monet didn't know who Whitney was. Yeah. And I think, if you are going to call her like top two in Snatch Game, perhaps her runway look is what knocked her below Manila, who had a great runway look yeah. and a strong Snatch Game. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Of, like, uh, and, who is and top she had three? The, she, she had the fainting, uh, which was complete shock, right? Like, oh. we weren't expecting it. It was, she was the only one that really got that moment. Yeah, yeah. Of all the queens that passed by, like, she was the only one. Oh, her and Monique, I thought, were great. Yeah. When a lot of the queens, yeah. it's like, it felt like they did not use that moment, and I felt like right. that's, like, the last impression. And Rue loved that moment. Like, you could tell oh that was, like, oh he God. was gooped. So, it was a smart she, move. She had that nuance where she gets up, she's like, I'm fine, and she looks at the camera once, and then starts to walk out and then looks one more time and mm-hmm. then finishes. Yeah, the exit. yeah. I was like, okay, two times I'm a lady. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Cha cha one time. No, is it once what is it? <laughs> Every five. It's once, twice, three times a lady. No, it's that song was it, the Tootsie Roll. <laughs> oh, what's that what's the line from it? <laughs> oh, uh, Mary, I don't no, know. No, 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 don't let me miss it. It's um it's that cha uh Oh God! Everybody, clap your hands. That's all I remember. Oh, oh. <laughs> Bring it back now, y'all. <laughs> slide to the left. Oh my God! I slide the cha-cha to the slide, right. not the tootsie roll. The cha-cha <laughs> slide. Oh my God! That takes me back to so many like, um, oh my God, so many like uh, eighth grade graduation parties. <laughs> Oh, oh, sure. Well, you know what? I was just this past summer, I was like on a random walk one day and there was a street fair going on on Atlantic and uh, they were doing the cha-cha slide like in front of like some vendor and Mm -hmm. it was all fun. And I took a little video of it there. People just stop whatever they're doing. There were people that were alone. Yeah. They just put their bags down. They put their purses down and they just go and they start dancing to that. Yeah. Uh, People will stop their lives for the cha-cha slide. 
It was great because it tells you exactly what to do. Um, exactly. People love directions. I think we talked about this. They want a song yes. with directions. Yes, a song with directions, which, you know, are in the most, for the most part, are canceled, except for Beyonce's Get Me Body, which you don't know. Which I don't know. No. Yeah, no. that's, that's yes, uh, you're a very bad gay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I maybe I'll share that video because there's a very sexy man dancing. And then there's also this like, woman in her 60s like living her best life oh good so. for her good for, you know yeah uh yeah i hope she, i hope she, she clapped her hands on the beat time. and everything uh well how's LL cool j <laughs> so is like <laughs> what's the tea on that is that like some kind of rumor about rupaul and LL cool j i guess so i don't really know the tea but what i love is how she said it with the mouth and uh-huh yeah and yeah. and as if like even if you don't know what the tea is she's suggesting there's tea yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, okay. So, Caitlyn Jenner. I think we should talk about first because Eartha Kid. I have a lot of thoughts on. Yeah. So, um, it's a surprise performance, right? This mm-hmm. was uh, one of those performances that you didn't think was actually going to win, and then turns out like winning, like um, mm-hmm. uh, Kennedy at Davenport. Yeah, or even I guess the original one would be like Tatiana as Britney Spears. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. I right. mean. Ross Matthews later says that like this is one of his favorite snatch game performances ever, and I have to say, I can't. There are very few that were as consistently funny, and that I that I just didn't want to stop. Right, the way that Trinity, like as much as Trinity's, like I think Jinx Monsoon's little Edie, I yes. think you know uh, anything Ben de la Creme has done, but certainly the Paul Lind, Alaska, Alaska, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's certain queens, Alyssa Edwards, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's queens where like I could just see them do this bit all day. Obviously, Chad is share. Sure. And I mean, for Trinity Taylor to get up in that list with those like either queens who have built a career on being that person like Chad or like these like Broadway level performers like Ben or Jinx, like for Trinity Taylor to be giving that level of a snatch game, I I'm I loved it. I have nothing negative to say about it. I thought she was a riot. She's really leaning into the comedy here. And I have to say, one of the things that worked to her advantage was the posture of her sitting on that stool, which yeah. would have been missed had she been behind a counter. Yeah. So her knees just, were so yeah, the important. Knees and the hands. Yes. And the clapping. And the, it was, oh my God, every time she clapped, it was perfect. All yeah. of the little quips, all of the interactions with the others, every, every single one landed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe how good it was and it could have failed also because caitlin jenner isn't necessarily known as being funny funny. it could have bombed and i i think that's even more impressive that she took a character that didn't have because like you could say like Alyssa edwards she took it she she was she was ladling from a pot of fun soup you know what i mean (laughs) and so like she and of course she's a fun chef you know whereas like i mean Trinity is not known, even though she succeeded multiple times as a comedy queen, and Caitlyn Jenner is not known as a funny person. And, I mean, I just think this was such a feat. It was so impressive. And I'm so glad she didn't have that desk, because the body language, uh, I think it not only sold it, but it like it allowed her to channel Caitlyn, because it felt like yes. she wasn't thinking. The way you could see Monet thinking constantly, Trinity was just running with it. Like, she was just in the flow, you know? <laughs> I loved it so much. Yeah. Um, Eartha Kitt, Valentina, pull my lever. Uh, do you know that reference? Uh, no. It's from The Emperor's New Groove. Oh, that's right. She did do uh, a voice the in that. Villain. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. I didn't see it, but I remember three things about it. Yeah. Um, at Hardware, we were loving this. 
everybody was laughing so hard and yeah. applauding. It was wackadoo. She was off her stool more than she was on it, which I think is perfect. She had the random quotes. It was a great committed impression. It was very much like Alyssa Edwards, except more nuance in the actual impression. Yeah, I felt um, like it was like it was like Alyssa Edwards Joan meets Tammy F- Tammy uh, Tammy Brown. Uh, oh, sure, very Tammy. right. It was very Tammy Brown, and then it was also like someone had fed a gremlin after midnight. You know what I mean? Like there was that element of like, whoa. It was Gremlins 2. She was taking over a TV station. Gremlins 3, free the tuck. Yeah, yeah, Gremlins 3, free the tuck. Yeah. Uh, Sister Gremlins 3, we're going to combine all these these movies. Um, It's a bunch of drag queen gremlins who have to hide out in a convent. But they can't do midnight mass because they can't receive the host. Because if you feed them, then oh, in the holy water. Oh, no, don't, get, you, what, don't get them wet. Don't get them don't, wet. Don't 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 bless yourself. <laughs> you know the priest does that thing where he goes down the aisle and he oh, like sure, shakes sure. the wand full of water, and they're all just like oh, pulling their little that. pulling their habits over them. <laughs> Keep it moving, buddy. <laughs> Somebody has like a newspaper because they're a younger, they're a younger nun, right? Yeah, yeah like totally. Robert. Yeah, yeah. She grabs like a, one of those little like um, the, the little handouts that out the end of the mass, or she grabs a prayer book and covers a herself. A hymnal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. Dives into like a pile of prayer cards. <laughs> She's a montage of them all hiding in different places to get away. From the water. Yeah, we yeah. hear the, the confessional doors slam close as they all run in. <laughs> What a weird fucking movie. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I'm just picturing Eartha Kitt doing all of them. Oh, of course. And Eartha Kitt as all of them. <laughs> Close the door. He has water. <laughs> Close the lever. Close the lever. He has the water. <laughs> Which one's the host? <laughs> I've been fed. <laughs> right? Travel or host. <laughs> Because I studied with Catherine Denham. I, when she started saying that, I was like, what are you talking about, Valentina? Oh, I got to say, so the two lines that I thought were great were, you can't sell something you've already bought. I'm yeah. like, all right, you stumped RuPaul. Yeah. Like, I love that. Now we're all thinking. Yeah. And then my mother, because I hate her. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> it was, I, I couldn't believe this was looked at as a bottom two performance. because I know. It was so I entertaining, know. and it was so similar to Alyssa's Joan Crawford that I was like, why is this not working, but that did. It's the drama, Mary. Of they course. wanted to put Valentina on the bottom to create some sort. Because like if it's against Gia, it's like, all right, who are you going to pick? The strongest oh, one in the competition? Of or, you know, the weakest one, arguably. Um, it, it To me, it read very Chloe Sevigny. Mm-hmm. Like just like random little like little sound bites that oh, she was doing Eartha Kitt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it did feel a little bit like she had studied the Wikipedia page last night and was like remembering mm. facts that she had read. Yeah. Right. Well, I was once a voice on the Emperor's New Groove. That's not an answer, <laughs> but thank yeah. you. You know. Yeah. I have a song called Monotonous. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty much like <laughs> let me fit in the the seven or eight facts I learned about Eartha Kitt last night. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't she play I... Catwoman once too? Oh, of course. Ugh. Yes. That's what um, Chi-Chi Devane did. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. She did all the cat stuff. Ugh. Yes. I, I loved her Eartha Kit. I have to say. I, me too. So me too. Valentina or Chi-Chi Devane, which, which Eartha Kit do you like more? Um, 
I mean, I'm I'm partial to cats, but I have to say uh, Valentina because yeah. she just was selling the fuck out of it. Yeah, it's tough because I just love how Chi-Chi's reason for doing Eartha Kit was like, well, she has cats and I have two cats, <laughs> so I'm going to do it. And I was like, well, Chi-Chi, you're my queen. That solves it. Uh, so it's tough uh, because anyone who's like, well, I have cats. That's my reason. <laughs> I want um, Valentina to put out a single as Eartha Kit doing a parody of Monotonous and have it be monogamous and it all be about monogamous relationships. Oh, that would be like her single just for, just in time for wedding season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, or maybe she could do monogamish, you know, cause people Oh, are... monogamish. Dan mm-hmm. Savage. Yeah. Yeah. Monogamish. Monogamish. Yeah. It's all about threesomes. It sounds like monomena. Yeah. Monogamish. Monogamish. Yeah. Um, okay, so Keenan Lonsdale. I am. I was not familiar with Keenan Lonsdale because I did not see the Arrow thing, and then I or the Flash, mm-hmm. um, and I did not see uh, uh, D- Love Simon. Love I didn't Simon, see yeah, that movie either. Same. Um, but I got to know him on What's the Tea, and I have to say, this is this is a, a little goose. This is a fabulous, fabulous little person yeah i did not listen to that episode but then after watching this i was like and i wasn't familiar with him either and i was like oh who are you uh yeah. and at first i thought he was gonna be because he was kind of quiet and i thought it was just gonna be like that guy from 13 reasons why yeah that like right. miles uh miles to go before you're interesting whatever his name was <laughs> uh but you know like i thought oh he's gonna be one of those he's just kind of here because he's a big personality somewhere else but like what a welcomed queer, you know, like mm, and and totally. judged it up for the judges panel and like oh he looked fabulous yeah yeah and yeah. he's apparently he's very graphic like he's also an artist he wants to break into songwriting and singing and stuff like that mm-hmm. he's obsessed with Michael Jackson which you can kind of tell from his yeah looks yeah. and his commentary on Trinity's look oh sure yeah yeah um, right. oh that's right he says that that's yeah right. that her like her the belt the the boots with the buckles, buckles yeah. was very uh, yeah. Michael Jackson yeah. Um, yeah, so you know one thing I noticed with this is that, and it's a sort of a necessity for the All Stars format, is that we they ha- they make sure to show us the other four queens watching the second group do their snatch game. I miss that. Yeah, they show them sitting in the like the the folding chairs, kind of like oh. how they do for like a top four challenge, okay. because the queens okay. have to decide who would be the one to go home. So they have to right. show that like it's an informed decision. Right. I'm assuming right. that's why they showed us that. You know. Oh, work, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, work, bitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, work, bitch. <laughs> um, so Tiffany Haddish, Monique, she ready. Um, I I thought this was really funny. I thought she had some really funny moments. I do think that she was more Monique doing Tiffany, but I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't hate it because I like Monique. Um, I'm assuming the dress was meant to be a version of that white dress that uh, Tiffany Haddish wore in like at like every award show because she's like I'm getting my yeah. money's worth like it was yeah. two thousand bucks uh, which yeah. I loved. I my thought was with Monique I think a lot of like some of the the expressions and mannerisms were there but I think to your point like she was doing this kind of Monique head voice where I feel like Tiffany Haddish is a little bit like lower like I feel oh, like she I was see. kind of like hit like she, well, she'd be she'd be hitting it like she ready versus like Tiffany Haddish is more like kind of like the inflection is further it's like down it's like she read yeah, yeah 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 so i feel like that would have made a big difference i liked the the hands thing that she was doing like i can feel if a man's cheating on me mm-hmm. you know what i mean oh um, that bit was out the great. window looking looking in like I, I it was 
it was very much from her stand-up special. Like it mm-hmm. was, I thought it was very funny. Yeah. Um, and I thought her interaction with Keenan was so funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you look like you got good credit. Mm-hmm. Don't touch my purse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She was great. I think in those moments, but I just would have loved if it was like, ooh, I got the like the real like some voice or inflection or moment that was like spot on Tiffany Haddish, you know? Yeah, and I think all the queens in this group were side railed by the other drama that was going on. So we also didn't see maybe more when Tiffany wasn't doing well or maybe more when Barbara or Latrice weren't doing well. Yeah. Yeah. I agree because the whole thing was supposed to be kind of romper room fuckery. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so Barbara as Manila or Manila as Barbara. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if Barbara Streisand was in the dark crystal, this is what she would look like. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> you know she what I mean? A Muppet. She, she was, was like Janice. <clears throat> yeah. 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 It was very much a Barbara as interpreted by Jim Henson. And <laughs> I mean, I, it, it, she didn't knock it out of the park, but it was great, and it was like it showed that Manila was not just doing an impression; she was doing kind of like what Alyssa Edwards was doing, but like more intentional and thought through of like a caricature of a caricature of a caricature. And I think that was, I think it was, I just I loved the just I loved the decision to do that. You know what I mean? I I thought that she had to. She had to sidestep part of her Barbara character and jokes to be the adult in the room. Yes. Because she was the only one managing Gia. Yes. And it was that one moment that was brilliant. I made a gif of it where Gia's like, so it's sort of like, and then Barbara or Manila was like, shut up. And it was totally Manila because there was no voice and she's like, shut up. It was so cool. It was a great like real moment. Uh, it was it was when I mean that's when you see the adult in the room being like stop it mm-hmm. and 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 as opposed to Latrice who I think wasn't as firm enough you know because after that moment Gia was not going to play with Manila anymore no she wasn't and I think we'll get into it but I you can see the moment that she starts to fuck with Latrice and it's a shame because you my feeling is and we'll get to Latrice but she could have really nailed this performance and I could sense the energy that she was like harnessing and like the 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 approach she was taking and then Gia came in and threw her off her game completely at like the most inopportune moment it was like just as she was about to like throw the first pitch you know and I get what you mean I don't think yeah. she recovered from it you know I uh, we'll talk about Latrice last. Uh, we could talk about <clears throat> Jenny Bowie. I think the biggest thing that most people are talking about right now is not only that there was no impression there, and there was no mention of Cardi B nor nails. Yeah, that's a good point. She knew nothing about this woman except those two things, and never mentioned. And she them. didn't even mention them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this woman is Cambodian, so the stereotype that she put on stage was. Was it? It wasn't an impression. It was just the stereotype yeah. of someone who was fresh off the boat, which is not personal. It's uh, my, you know, offensive to people that might be offended by that and whatever. I, you know, I, I can't really speak to that experience, but I was kind of like, this is, this is nothing. This is, yeah. There's no jokes here, and there's no impression. I mean, she even says konnichiwa, right? And it was like, right. girl, yeah, really, yeah, like. She didn't put on any makeup. There was like a jacket. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I was like, what? What? You're just Gia Gunn right now. I, yeah. She looked like she like worked for the catering department for a conference center. It was just like, do you guys have all of like the stuffed shells that you need? Like it was. Yeah. It, it, yeah. She looked like she worked at a hotel. I just did not see. 
I don't know who Jenny Bowie is, but I didn't know who Tamar Braxton was when Roxy Andrews played her in season five, and I still loved it. So, like, there's <laughs> well, ways to do yeah. it. There, so I watched this video of Jenny Bowie um, doing nails for some you know, reporter or whatever. Uh, and she was very firm. She was very honest uh, and also incredibly skilled and uses Swarovski cris- crystals oh. um, on these nails. So I, she, there was material for her to play with. I don't know how funny it would have been, but you could have spun something about Cardi B. Exactly. And I feel like that would have been smart because that would have been a reference more people would have gotten. That she yeah. could have, like, I don't know. There were so many things that she could have done, and I think all of that was on a shelf way out of her grasp at this point, you know? Sure, sure. Um, so Latrice is Della. Now, I, I, I'm i not buying that Latrice would have done well had Gia been there or not. I'm just not. I don't think she would have done well as Aretha either. It would have been Latrice throwing shade. I don't think it would have necessarily put her on the bottom, but it would have been safe. I don't think she should have been safe for this uh, runway and for this impression because I don't think that it was that there was much of an impression there. I feel like there there was something there that I <clears throat> that I loved and I think what it was because it's not like oh that's Della Reese cuz Della Reese is her voice is a lot deeper. Um it's which is crazy because Latrice has such a deep voice that like she could go she could get real like Basy about it, you know what I mean, and like mm-hmm. really get mm-hmm. Della Reese, and she didn't. But what she was doing, she seemed very confident in that she could flow with it and run with it. And I saw that when she did her intro with Rue, where she was like, "Still got a whole lot of fire in me." Like there was just this, she wasn't struggling to find the words, and I think because she found that flow and that rhythm, and she had that great furrowed brow that I just like loved. For some reason, that worked for me. That I didn't even need to be an accurate Della. I just needed Latrice to like not miss her step if this is the woman she's playing and she wants to call her Della Reese I was buying it okay I I'm not buying it and I also was a little disappointed that Gia was able to throw her off so much instead of her just kind of swatting her away with Mm -hmm. one a one line and then that's it yeah but she was too much in her head and I just feel like she had an excuse the first time and has an excuse the second time she wasn't good as Oprah yeah, you know, no, I, I agree. I, I don't think that this is her thing. I mean, I I don't think her Aretha Franklin was anything uh, to think about. I mean, I respect her, but <laughs> but I just wasn't into it. And those are all the Aretha puns I can think of. But um, <laughs> uh, but I and yeah, her. Well, Oprah. since you've been gone, I came up with many others. Thanks, Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> it's not a Kelly. Well, it's also an Aretha Franklin song, and I'm just gonna be rock steady about it. So all right. Um, I mean, uh. Think. <laughs> I'll think about it. Uh, yeah, I uh, no, I agree. I know that her impressions have not in the past been very strong. I just was getting a really good vibe from her, and I am also shocked that Gia was able to throw her off her game so easily. And like Michelle, or I think Ross comments on that that like you have so many performances where people are trying to throw you off your game, but like you know, it sucks that like in this situation you couldn't kind of like stay steady you know mm, rock steady rock steady if you will <laughs> that's my uh, Rita franklin that's your Rita franklin yeah. um so yeah so the winners are caitlin jenner and manila um i think oh i and just on that note i just want to give manila two shout outs i think i said this on the hot take but i loved 
Manila has this like Jinx Monsoon level save for Latrice when she says, Della, you died and you gone to hell. That's why you're here. And <laughs> and then when she says, Well, I know what me and James Brolin are doing tonight. <laughs> so kinky, loved it. Oh. Yeah, or even when she shuts it down. Well, I guess uh, Monique does it too. She's like, Next question. And then Manila goes, I guess it's fair that she's going to be on the bottom. Right. Bunk. Yeah, yeah. She- Both of them came up with ways to. To like work around Gia and Latrice couldn't do it. Well, it felt like Manila was saving Latrice kind of in the yeah. same way that um, Jinx saved Ivy. And yet, you know, Latrice really didn't get kind of, I mean, that's not Manila's job and that doesn't like save the situation. Like, it, it, Latrice, if anyone should have been able to like put Gia in her place, it's the queen who won the reading challenge twice. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not buying it, Latrice. Yeah. I'm not buying I it. hear that. Um, so uh, next day, I guess, maybe it's the next day. Um, Elimination day workroom. Yeah. Yeah. Elimination day workroom. I did think it was interesting that Trinity was teasing Valentina's hair for her. Yeah. I thought that was cute. And I like that in that scene, we can see the fake wall like rippling. Oh yeah. It was moving. Yeah. 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 Uh, The man behind the curtain. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The, the brick wall behind the fake brick wall. Yeah. Uh, You know, I really liked this scene with Gia and Manila and Latrice because Gia was taking their criticism in the same way that we saw, like, Violet Chachki taking criticism in season seven. Mm. She's like, okay, no, I hear that. You're right. I did. No, you're right. And, I mean, we talked a lot in the beginning of the episode about, like, who the real Gia is, what she's producing. This felt to me very real. I didn't think that she was being fake here. I think this is, in general, who Gia is. And... I kind of believe her when she says that, like, I didn't know I was fucking everybody up. Yeah, I believe that, too. And I believe that she felt sad that she was insulting Latrice, right? Because she was making those, like, man jokes and big jokes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. Um, I I just don't think she had any idea how to be funny. And that's what she said. And I believe that. Mm -hmm. Like, that, she said exactly what happened. Now, because it comes up later on the runway, but I'll bring it up now since you mentioned it, that when, excuse me, uh, when Latrice says later that she felt like it was unsportsmanlike conduct for Gia to making these making these comments about how she's a man, how Latrice is a man, and how she's big, you know, I'm all for calling out unsportsmanlike conduct. I'm fine with that. I think this is an interesting. It's just a. It's an interesting thing to kind of note that it seems to me, unless I'm not remembering something, that the first time we've really heard a queen complain about being referred to as like a man in a dress on drag race is when a woman makes the joke oh yeah and i thought that was like you know that was so weird to me to hear someone say well she's saying that i'm a man it's like that's the whole conceit here and like right. it's like of yeah of course and and like and i guess if we're gonna keep playing that card like i'm not saying it's so like if somebody doesn't want to like be made fun of for their weight like i can't like say anything but not for nothing Latrice's catchphrase is large and in charge, chunky yet funky. Like she's the first person to call out her size. It's it. It just didn't. It seemed to me, to your point, like an excuse. When yeah. really it was just like Latrice. You just didn't like. You just didn't like handle the situation like the way you could have. These right. are excuses that I think you're bigger than. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> I think uh, it. It reminds me of the vixen interacting with Eureka. When the Vixen thought that Eureka was being unprofessional uh, during the Snatch Game because she was stepping on everybody's lines and whatever. Right. Um, you're reminding me of whenever Michelle or Merle Ginsburg has called out, like, I'm, re- I'm getting boy 
mm-hmm. on the runway. Um, yeah, it, it always kind of reads as an insult um, when it's not mm. or when it's just drag shade. Like, oh, you're all dudes or you're a man in a dress. You know, I hadn't even thought of that, but you're right. There's also when like Michelle or Merle would say I'm getting boy. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I'm sure there's been guest judges or, you know, one of the male judges who have said that maybe said something similar. But I just feel like this was the first time I really saw someone get offended by that. Yeah. And it was only when a woman had made the joke. Right. Um, and I just think that's I wonder what that's about. I mean, I don't think it's because Latrice has an issue with trans people or some shit like that. I, I just, mean, I, I get I, I think at the in general, Latrice was getting at this idea of like unsportsmanlike conduct. Like we're playing a game show. And you're kind of breaking the rules, right? You keep interrupting me. You keep uh, sabotaging me. But at the end of the day, they're not going to stop for you. And you have to just deal with it, right? Yeah. You just have to – it's part of the game now, right? Yeah, there's always going to be a mole. There's always going to be somebody trying to fuck you up. There's always going to be a heckler in the audience. What are you going to do in your show? You're going to stop the show because, oh, that's unsportsmanlike conduct. Get them out of here. It's like, yeah, you could do that if it's your show. But if it's not your show, what are you going to do? Right. And like – Maybe it's not as it wasn't as funny or successful, but like you could say that what Bianca Del Rio was doing in season six of Snatch Game wasn't that different. She was throwing out comments all the time. She was throwing out insults all the time. But it was like it was working and it was we would consider it like what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Caitlyn Jenner was doing it. Caitlyn Jenner was doing it. And I think I mean, the difference is really important. And RuPaul says it a gazillion times. You got to make it funny. You just have to make it funny. Yeah. You got to make it funny. You got to make them laugh. Yeah. Make them laugh. Um, we get a little social justice corner uh, with Latrice getting married. Um, Curtis. Which, oh, you know, yeah. You know, this Curtis. is that like, wait, is Latrice going home? Um, no. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a setup. Um, I. It's beautiful, again, to promote this story. I think we knew about this because during DragCon, she was posting all these pics and she got married. I yeah, think, DragCon. yeah. Um, but yeah, just to see a bigger black gay drag queen who's also an ex-con like yeah. finding love mm-hmm. right I mean, that's a story to tell oh um, yeah i mean it's just a continuation of like there's so much about latrice royale i remember i always think about this there was some headline of some article i read when season four was out saying like who would have thought like the most moving thing on television this week would be like you know an overweight black ex-convict in a dress lip-syncing to natural woman you know sure. and i always think of that because i'm like isn't that that's that's exactly right. The most moving thing on television that week was Latrice's lip sync. And when you put on pa- paper who Latrice is, um, I thought his name was Timothy. Oh, uh, I, maybe maybe his boyfriend's name is Curtis. I because, think maybe his boyfriend's name is maybe yeah, Curtis. Yeah, because it said Curtis uh, on the on the little picture. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like on paper, like that person, we so rarely get to see such a success story. And and gay. <laughs> and he was gay. Um, oh, he's blind. I mean, sorry. He's yeah, yeah, blind, yeah. So. Uh, you know, to be all of those things and to see so few stories of a person like that succeeding, it was great to see that encapsulated here. And I just loved manila in the scene when she was like well hopefully you'll have a shiny crown and a hundred thousand dollars to help pay for that wedding like manila talks like someone who's not in the competition oh oh totally. you know like she's just like so supportive i think his name sorry his name is timothy uh and his boyfriend's or his, excuse me his husband's name is christopher oh okay so i don't know why i read curtis that's all right uh curtis said he'd love me uh so <laughs> <laughs> um curtis yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of feel like we we mentioned, you know, Monique has been the narrator. I really feel like Manila is like the VIP adult in the room. 
of like the all star adult. Like I, yeah. I think she's doing adult in the room at like a next level than I've seen another queen do. I think people are are looking to her also to kind of like manage yes. some of the drama. Yeah, and I love it. I think she's great at it. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm happy we're getting more Manila. Um, also, not to mention Monet, but Monet's nod to Latrice during this whole moment. Oh, do you remember that little nod? Yes, she's of just course. She's like smiling and nodding. I was someone like, oh, who's I listening. Love you. Yeah, yeah, I just love her. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. And then, of course, because. It's Monet. She's like, oh, did you talk about being alone? Do you think that we're alone out there? You think there's, a- you think there's alien drag queens? And I was like, hey, Fred. Of, hey, course, Fred. <laughs> of course there's alien like, drag queens. Dragula? Yes, there's alien yeah. drag queens. <laughs> oh, which is just like, pause for a moment. I was thinking about this when I when that happened and I was taking my notes and I just thought, Dragula. Ugh, like for any of our Marys who are back just for All Stars 4 and, and you know, don't really do off season with us, I... I don't want to, you know, fap in the mirror here or anything, but, like, that Dragula recap was so much fun. We had a good time. It was such a, like, I can't recommend it enough to go explore Dragula and... That bitch pudding is something else. Oh, bitch pudding. I was like, like, remembering that, I was like, bitch, I love that queen. Ugh. Yeah, bitch pudding's doing it. What a great queen. Yeah, when I think about alien drag queens, I think about Tammy Brown Uh and Disasterina. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're the aliens. Yeah. Disasterina. Yeah. 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 Attention human males. Yeah, oh, yeah I mean, there was an alien drag queen challenge on Drag Race in season three. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was the the queens in space, Henny. Yeah, queens in space, Henny. Um, so the runway. Are you ready for a run, run, runway? I am. I am ready for the run, run, runway. Um, um what did you think about RuPaul's short skirt, girl? I thought he was doing some jumping jack flash realness. Yes, like he got caught in the in shredder. the shredder, which is like a deep cut. Our matrons might know, but Mary's. If for some reason not you yet, ha- not yet, not yet, we're putting it out on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, so not yet. But if for some reason you have not seen 1986's Jumpin' Jack Flash with Whoopi Goldberg, not only is now the time because we just re- recapped it for our Matreon episodes, but what a great movie! Yeah, no, that one works really, really well right now. Yeah, it's, it's so good. And anyway, so good. Uh, um, yes, this this look you would know that reference. I was getting Vanessa Williams a little bit. Oh yeah! Oh totally! I think this was similar to what she wore for that Queen Who Mopped Christmas episode, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It was it was a new look for Rue, and I think I mentioned this maybe last week or the week before that. Like, I'm excited by the idea of Rue changing it up on the runway, even if it's like divisive. It's like, but like, it's better than being even, boring, you know? Right? And even if it fails, it's like okay, uh, yeah. at least something to talk about, you know? Yeah, exactly. It gets people talking about you and and yeah. waiting to see what you'll do next week, you know? Right, right. Um, I love the banter of I got a gold medal, I came second. You know, that was, it was written cute. very well, written very well. I know. I was like, once I saw the like the chest hair, I was like, fine, Gus Kenworthy, mm-hmm. take my money, you win. Yeah. Take yeah, my house keys. I'm, yeah. I'm a chest hair queen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like the perfect V in the in the shirt. I was like, all right, mm. girl. You know what his you're teeth doing. Are, his teeth are a little too perfect, but I, I would not mind like like they would get in the way of kissing, you know? Uh yeah. I mean, you know, I'll find out, but uh <laughs> Yeah. It's a risk I'm willing to take, you know? Uh, as as Trinity Taylor would say, ha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Get you a taste. That's what Trudy yeah. Taylor would say. 
<laughs> oh, you'll get a taste. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope you brought a sweet tooth because just Kenworthy's in the motherfucking house. <laughs> Are you ready to uh, ready to hit my slopes? The, you ready to shake up the gus and see what shakes loose? See yeah. it shakes loose. See what shakes loose. Yeah, I can tell you oh. it's gonna shake pretty loose at the end of that night. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh Mary, oh, Gus right, Kenworthy. Mary. Yes, he can. Um, Gus Ken, I'm not worthy. Yeah. I'm not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> now and then, don't get me wrong. Keaton Lonsdale, good day, mate. You know, good day, mate. He's I, I like thicker boys. I think we've we've talked about this, mm-hmm. uh, and I love chest hair. Uh, oh yeah. He just looked a little young, but actually, the more I look at Gus and even hearing that interview, I'm like. Yeah, after about 10 minutes, I'd be more attracted to Keenan, for sure. He is, like, kind of the—he just, like, has sex, like, yes. kind of underneath it all, whereas Gus, I, I don't think I would feel the heat. I think I would be like, oh, and the heat's gone, you know? Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a moment with Keenan Lonsdale where I'm like, what are you doing down there? Oh, my <laughs> God. Are, what are you using? Oh my god. Like that's I think that's what would happen and I'm here for it. I would be like, "Oh, Keenan, you done it again." Like I would just be uh I'd be into that. So yeah, I am uh I I, I love that Keenan. eyeliner. Ugh. Oh, the eyeliner for sure. You know the guy liner, Mary? Sorry. Oh yeah, the guy liner cuz you know it's only for boys. Yeah. Gendered yeah. objects. Um yeah, no Gus Kensworthy, I feel like in bed he'd be you know, as cold as a slope. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It, it might be a bit of a bunny hill when you're really <laughs> looking for a black diamond. You know what I'm saying, Mary? Right, right, right. Like yeah. You went up that hill. You went up the ski lift and mm-hmm. then. Yeah, oops. right. Yeah. And then it was like, oops, one of my skis fell off. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not enough moguls. Yeah. Not. No. You just skipped right to the apre ski moment. And I was like, oh, sure. we're done already? Yeah, 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 yeah. He fucks up the landing. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. you bet he did. I was, I was on ice for a week. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Christ, it's like uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick him out of bed. No, I'm not. No, you know, no, but, I'm not gonna kick him out of bed for wearing goggles. Uh, and, and what's but, always nice about a skier is, or at least skiing, is you can go up and down all over again. Absolutely, you just get right on the gondola and you just try again. Uh, it's good to hydrate. Um, stay, you know. There's there's hot cocoa involved. There's so. oh, well. Yeah, if you do it wrong, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mary. Okay, let's move if on. If there's hot cocoa, runway. you probably shouldn't be on the slopes is all I'm trying to say, Mary. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to this runway um, and just kind of talk about some of these looks. Yeah, boots um, the house down. And I will uh, reference when I can our uh, Mary fashion correspondent, Ileana. Yeah. Um, and we could start right off with uh, Monet. She's referencing... Apparently, because I saw the picture, this uh, Manolo Blahnik versus Vetman's boots. Yeah. I called this look Monet X Games. Oh, Monet X Games. I like yeah, that. Yeah. To me, she was, she was reading, um, like, the wig was very, like, Grand High Witch in The Witches. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you weird. Know? I have a reference to her later, it, to the Grand High Witch later in, this ep- in uh, one oh. of these looks. Uh, okay. Um, this look point. was great. Uh, the pictures online, I think, were better than what we saw in the episode. It seemed like the boots were having a hard time staying kind of peaked. Yeah. I think they were kind of... T- falling over Flapping. i do have to say because Mon- monet is like she's a she's a thicker girl not like a big girl but she's got some you know nice curves on her and 
the bodysuit, God, she was like totally cinched in there. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Monet, look at you. You're looking like Trinity Taylor. Uh, right. So that was a uh, that was a transformation. And that's not like a fat reference. I love. You know my feelings. We just talked about it. this. Yeah. I get it. Um, Naomi Smalls was referencing uh, custom Zana Bane, um, which I guess is like, so uh, a mixture of the boots, quote unquote. I call them leggings because they didn't, yeah. they, they weren't boots to me. And then the chest piece. Um, were all references to Zana Bane or Zana Bane. Um, and uh, to me, I just would have nixed the headpiece here. I don't think this look was very strong, and it it certainly wasn't about the boots. I think that was a big miss. It wasn't really about the boots. It was very, like, Nordic dominatrix at Oktoberfest. Like, it was, it was a look, but it wasn't the look for this runway. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is also what cost her perhaps number two. Um... Well, I, I think between no, I still think like performance wise, like Manila and was Trinity were much stronger. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Trinity, uh, she so she even references Linda Evangelista. So this was a Chanel look worn by Linda Evangelista in 1995. Yeah. So she knew the reference. She was referencing it, and she was doing it. To me, it read very Madonna. I also got a lot of Madonna. I th- I said that she was perfect. She was beautiful. She could be a model. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a great look. I thought it was such a great look. And I think, except for the fact that she didn't win the lip sync, like, I can't believe how much Trinity killed this episode. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah. completely. Completely. Valentina, for me, the outfit was just like one note, right? You have one note, and it better be like that high note she hit last week, right? Yeah. But it just wasn't. And, and because it wasn't impeccable... All of it didn't work. Yeah, it was an oops in boots. Yeah, I <laughs> I felt like <laughs> the crotch was certainly uh, a bit of a worry. I, I think I, I think if the crotch was right, I think then that would have. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it would have yeah. worked. It would have yeah. worked. It just it just it just didn't. Yeah. Um, Monique, for me, the boots were the best part, but otherwise, and uh, I mean. Sorry, they just reminded me of Katya's shark boots. Oh, yeah. Shark yeah boot, uh-huh. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. fashion. Um, but so here's my problem. You just don't wear jean shorts on the runway. Please return them to the Rebecca Glasscock from whence they came. Return them from the rainbow you found on 125th Street. Absolutely. Guess what? It's closed. So that's yeah. how much you should have these jeans on. <laughs> it could have been this flowy short skirt or leather even something mm-hmm. but i was like no 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 monique no no yeah i mean i think to have done this whole like red riding hood thing on the top and then underneath to just kind of be like hey you guys want to go to dos caminos like it was just like come on girl like this is this is all stars i think i've heard that this episode this is all stars <laughs> i i do i i just honestly i love monique i love her talking heads i love her embrace of gooped even if she, you know she is kind of starting to run it into the ground just a little bit. And I felt like I had that covered all by myself. Uh, this runway is really where I was like, okay, come on, girl. Like, come on, girl. I don't know if I can keep like cheering you on without sounding delusional. Like, yeah, right. She has been coming downhill since that first entrance look. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think that next week I, I, I could just, I could see Monique being one of the next the, to go. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and it doesn't take anything away from like Monique is a great reality television personality. She's a great talking head. You know, she certainly has moments where she really shines. But I think in this room of queens, she is getting outshined in terms of like yeah. talent. And I think she could have waited a season to do All Stars. Yes, to be honest. Yes, I agree. 
Yeah. Um, Manila comes in all tied up. Uh, this was super cute and fun and funky. It wasn't even glamorous, but it was it was referencing something, you know, gay mm-hmm. and queer and kinky. And uh, the fact that she hopped down up and down the runway was nuanced enough for me. Doesn't she say at one point, ooh, I'm hopping down the runway or something <laughs> like that? Um, I felt like this look, I said, well, Cher's mom would say, mm, that's very bunny. That's, that's very, very bunny. bunny. <laughs> mm, that's very bunny. Mm, mm, that's very bunny. Mm, yeah, that's very bunny. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved it. it. To me, it was like, it just goes to show how much Manila thinks about the shit that she's doing. And, yeah. And, um, and it was great. all about that reveal when she takes the carrot out of her mouth and goes, what's up, Doc? I'm yeah. like, okay, okay, you win. You oh, win. God. <laughs> when when it, it was like she had been waiting all of the hours that yes. it finally took to get to that moment. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so, Latre- oh, no, Gia. Gia looked fishy. The boots sur- the boots were like nothing. It, it, yeah, uh, yeah, she had boots was, on. Yeah. She looked amazing. Now, don't get me wrong. She looked, like, sexy and hot, mm-hmm. but – it was it was not a runway look competing with these other drag queens. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean my only like real takeaway was just like the way that she had that like you know open coat. I was like, ooh, there's boobs in there. You know, yeah. she's yeah. got boobs in there, and they could come out. And I love they're called the, boobs. Ed. They're yeah. called boobs. Ed, and I just love that like that sense. It, it's again, I mean, it's it's sort of the um, the the different nuance of having a woman on Drag Race is like, oh, like. You got boobs under there that could come out, you know, versus kind yeah. of the illusion that's getting created with like the I male body. You, you know what I, I mean? I see what you mean. I think I think the thing for me with the boobs is that it also lets me think, well, why can't I see the boobs? Why are they of blurring course. the nipples? It's, of course. It's, it's just a body, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's also what's also fabulous about it. Her boobs now look like I mean, she got new boobs. Girl. She got boobs, Ed. She yeah. Got boobs yeah. Um, yeah. I know. Like the moment the, the moment that nipple is raised, you better blur it. <laughs> Oh, it's raised. It's raised. Blur it. <laughs> uh, Latrice, I, I, all I have to say is talk about a non-All-Stars look. So for me, I can't believe when she turned around that there was nothing on the back. Yeah. Um, th- the best part about this runway was when she said, shing-a-ling-a-ling-a, shing-a-ling-a-ling-a. I love that so much. But I mean, <laughs> but like, let's be real. I've been saving this one till the end. These boots were made for sashaying away. <laughs> I mean, come on. It was like, who am I going to use this pun for? I know. Uh, but like, shing-a-ling-a-ling-a, shing-a-ling-a, this look, it was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. The, the, the hair looked cheap. The the stuff dripping on just looked pinned on. It just looked like it was tacked on. Yeah. She could have taken that off, kept the shing a on the boots, and maybe changed up her hair, and then, and then it would have been okay. Or at least stoned something in the back. But anyway, I'm not a fashion queen, but even I know that this look should have put her on the bottom. Right. Like, I think she thought she was giving you Vegas, but she was really serving Reno. You know, like... <laughs> That's what I was getting. Oh, I love Reno. Oh, oh, I love Reno. Is that from the Birdcage? No, no, oh. it's from Sister Act. Oh. <laughs> Seemed like your Diane Weist. She but- goes, she goes. I love Reno, and then uh, uh, Mary Mary Wick says, "And Gamora." Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Ugh. How could I forget a Mary Wicks moment? <laughs> the Wicks. The Wicks. Um, okay, so safe is Monet and Monique. Yep. Um, top is Manila. And uh, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> yeah, Trinity. Trinity. And like, and oh, we have to mention just because, you know, we love terrible accents here on All Right, Mary. But, you know, I ha- I couldn't help but think of our Ireland Marys when when Michelle was like, Jesus. 
<laughs> it's like, oh, this must be like whenever we try to do Australian or For pretty sure. much anything. Yes. And so... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for the Australian I did before. I'm sorry for the Eartha Kit. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> the bottom is Valentina, Latrice, and Gia. I would have put Valentina safe, put Monet in the bottom, and had uh, Latrice and Gia lip sync it out. Um, the drama could have been know, like, is Manila going to send her friend home? Right. Right, exactly. Um, because, you know, that could have been an act one gun with Manila and Latrice, right? Mm -hmm. um, Gus praises Gia for being, you know, a representation for the trans community. Uh, otherwise, you know, the critiques happen. Um, and I think we kind of went through all of those. Yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting to see Valentina, like, the way she takes her critiques with, like, so much grace and, like, so much just, like, she's no pushback, no conflict. It's very, it's very intentional, you can tell. Yeah, no, it is intentional. Um, so telenovela time. Oh, um, yes. Um, my God. Uh, we talked about Gia, I think, in Manila. So I think we could just kind of focus on Valentina performing. Uh, this is this is what's going to get her an Emmy, right? Like, this is what's entertaining. This is why I love her and why I want her to stay on the show. Because she has these, like, can't be, like, you know, like, I'm proud of myself. Am I supposed to feel ashamed for it? Like, oh, she has yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and she has the, so you think I could go home tonight? That moment when she sits up, oh, so you think I could go home tonight? I mean, it's it's almost, there's almost an element of like, oh, so you think this has nothing to do with you? I see. <laughs> um, I was texting with Jonathan Minton earlier today, and I was saying like, we were talking about that moment, and I said, that is the moment they show at the Oscars before she wins the Best Supporting Actress. Oh, right. That's the right, clip right, they right, show right. at the award show. Right, it's right. It's such a great moment. I feel like in some ways, Valentina must have a sense of knowing, like, they're not going to send my ass home. So let me play with this perfect telenovela moment that I have. Like, <laughs> this is my wheelhouse. And it well, really is, you know? Oh, I, totally, I really think, totally. like, she just did not seem – either she didn't seem phased or her tactic for handling this was next level. Like, it was not the desperation or the tears we've seen from any other queen. Yeah. And I think it also helped that she was getting drunker and drunker as the, yes. the deliberation went on. Because when she talked to Manila, she was, I mean, just the way she was looking at her, she was like a little loopy. And then Manila, Manila says, you know, if, if you ever land in the top and I land in the bottom, show me grace. And then Valentina, line reading of the year, that's something I would never ask you to promise me to do yeah and it's like that moment where i think manila thinks that she's like just it's kind of like when michelle was talking to a door in all stars 2 and like she thought she had it in the bag with her sunglasses on trying to tell her right, to stay right and the right. door was like peace it bitch it was the same <laughs> thing where like i think manila was like well listen let's make a deal so if i'm you're ever in the top can you do me a favor and valentina was like no that's not how this is gonna work either and it was it was a great moment it was I mean, I really have a sense both these queens are going all the way. And so I hope we get more of this, like, like nuanced tension. Because this isn't, like, surface level. Oh, I'm doing Caitlyn Jenner. You're doing Caitlyn Jenner. This is, like, this like there's been a lot. There's all these layers baked into this conflict, you know? Yes. Um, I, I also love when Valentina is not in character in this uh, mm -hmm. episode. When she says, 
bitch, can I have your cocktail? My feet hurt. It's yeah. just like, then she takes it off, you know? Yeah, in the talking heads when she's like, you just told me that you would send me home if you had the chance. Why am I going to trust you now? No, bitch. Like, right. we see who the real Valentina is. We see who she hints at in that interview with Katya on Whimsically Volatile. Yeah. Where she's yeah. like, well, there's when the- When the accent goes away, yes, you know? Yes, yeah, there's the real me. And- uh, I remember in season nine, like having a problem with that, but now I'm like, oh, I love this because you know exactly what you're doing. And oh yeah, yeah, and you're not hurting stars. anybody, you know. Yeah, you're it's just all stars. playing a game. Yeah, yeah, this is all stars. Yeah. Uh, um. Then we get Gus's thighs and some thumb wrestling. Oh, that's right. We do get that thumb wrestling, which was, you know, I was like, okay. I thought, yeah, that was fine. Uh, and yeah, then we get to this lip sync of how will I know? Oh my God. Can okay. I, before we get into it, can I just ask, why is Valentina sitting on a stool back there? <laughs> Cause her feet hurt, bitch. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> like the last time we saw a queen sitting, I mean, I think like what Eureka O'Hara with her like broken oh, her crutches. Yeah, yeah. With her crutches. I was like, what? Get up. Yeah. <laughs> You're on television. Yeah. Oh, Valentina. You're wearing um, a boot. Stand up. So I just have to say, when I was watching this with a bunch of other queer people, um, within the first five seconds of the slip sync, we knew Manila was going to win because she went back to the back wall, and it w- we were all we were like, "Oh shit!" Like people cheered, yeah, just from her doing that face. She is so expressive in her face and gave it the entire time. My favorite moment was when Whitney sings, "But I'm too shy," mm-hmm. and Manila does this like. Like shy thing Mm -hmm. I just loved it so much She had so much charisma And I feel like You know It was so reminiscent Of the Alyssa versus Ivy Lip sync In season five Because it was like Trinity was really owning That part of the stage Which is what Jink (laughs) says about Ivy Uh, And Trinity wasn't doing A bad job But it was just like In comparison Alyssa in that lip sync went to the back and was hanging off and that put her leg up and was playing with right. that wall. And Manila does the same thing. Right. And yet to your point, Manila has so much charisma in her lip syncs. And we really didn't see well, no, I take that back because we loved her lip sync her lip stink. Her lip sync in All Stars One. Uh the one where she Yeah, looked, yeah we loved that one. And I thought she should have stayed. Uh that was the one where she went home versus Juju. She looked yeah, she looked like uh uh, Rocky Horror. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and obviously, her MacArthur Park is legendary. Right. And I mean, you know, her last lip sync against uh, Raja. I mean, I don't remember it, but I never really remember those last lip syncs. You know. Yeah. But I mean, point um, being, we haven't we have seen Manila lip sync before, and like, I guess shouldn't be surprised. Like, she's amazing at this. Yeah. This is this is her wheelhouse. Yeah. Um. You know, in terms of Trinity Taylor, just to quote a Devil Wears Prada. I don't think we need a jacket here. I just don't know why she kept that thing on. She looked like Joan Rivers. Yes. I I totally saw that. I saw this was kind of like a, I don't know, like a late 80s, early 90s kind of little Joan Rivers. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah, I think that Trinity was, there was nothing other than like she was getting all the words. She was hitting all the, the beats. She was, it was a perfectly fine lip sync, but Manila was doing like this next level thing yeah Uh, yeah yeah i mean i appreciated trinity i will give her that manila trinity found ways to kind of not get outshined and to like peek around her but at that point you're playing second fiddle totally and i you know at some point you have to know but i wonder if yeah i don't know if trinity knew that what manila was really putting out yeah uh, and i guess you can't really like perform as if you know that it's not happening you know like yeah I think how have... will i know yeah for how sure. will you know if you're gonna win this lip yeah. sync i don't know how will i know yeah, yeah. 
Um, I think. Uh, oh, so so yes. So Manila finally she wins and she chooses Gia to go home. Mm-hmm. My question to you and to the other Marys: Would it if she sent Valentina home? What would have happened? Like, would you have wanted it? Would you have lived? Would you have died? What would you? What was your reaction? I would have been disappointed only because Valentina has so much potential, and I think it just would have been so much good TV that we were not going to have. Like, as much as Gia has stirred up some shit, she's never going to deliver in these challenges the way Valentina could. So it's such a waste just to have someone who I think is kind of done stirring the shit at this point. Like, she served her function. That it would be such a misstep in a number of ways and Manila would be drowned on social media in a way that would be so ridiculous and um, worse than, I think Manila, than anything. I think she considered that. I do. think. Yeah. And I think it'd be worse than anything in season nine. Cause she made the decision. It's not like Nina Bonita Brown or Alexis Michelle, even who like got shit about Valentina and they had nothing to do with the, the elimination. Right. Um, we even kind of see in the conversation with Manila and Trinity where Trinity says, well, you know, if you send Valentina home, then – and she starts to try to have, like, a meta conversation. Yeah. Like, you know what's going to happen, yeah. and she fixes it and, like, gets back onto the narrative. Right, right. It would have sent a lot of ripples, right? Yes, uh, yeah. Th- through everything and other queens looking at Manila. Manila would have been, like, target number one. You yeah, it, I think like it a Morgan McMichael situation. Yeah, exactly. I think it was really smart to not do it and just make friends. That seems to be what she's doing up to this point. Why would she stop now? Totally. Um, well, anyway, I so Gia goes home not without uh, an edited smile and nod from RuPaul while Gia is thanking her for allowing yeah. her to be here in her authentic skin. Mm-hmm. That was certainly put in there purposefully. Yeah, um, I and think Gia that- goes home. I think it was a really classy way to go. I think that Gia, you know, produced a great exit. I mm-hmm. think that, like, what I was really happy to see is, like, they were able – like, I think I think she was very much the writer here in that final speech. But I think what was important about that is not leaving on the note that, well, lesson learned, drags a man sport. You know, right, like, I think right. – especially going home third, like, I, it, you just, I guess it, it just makes sense to make sure to not let that be – a vague notion, you know? Yeah. And just the idea that she's grown even more. Cause that, you know, by the time she goes home after seeing all this villainous stuff, she's like, you know what? I think I realized like, I don't really know what kind of woman I want to be. Like, I think I'm yeah. still figuring out who I am and, and what I'm going to be. Yeah. So. And again, like whether that's her story or just a trans story that she's telling on television, the value is still there. And like, I, you know, I, I still, she gave us three great episodes. She gave us, gave us a new perspective on Drag Race. Um, Kabuki drag, which was beautiful. Yeah. Gia, she, you know, I'm glad she was on the season. She kept it interesting. And totally. uh, she also, like, she kept it interesting in a lot of different ways, not just in stirring up shit. Yeah. And queer people got to hate somebody, you know? It's like, if Gia wasn't there, we would have found somebody else to hate. Ex- so, you know, everyone would have turned on Monique or would have turned on somebody. Yeah. yeah it just it, totally. it just seems to be the nature of the beast with Drag Race. It's like, yeah, but who do we put all... Who do, who's the villain, you know? Right, right. We're always looking for that Heather, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, who the fuck is Heather? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, Marys, we are going to wrap up our show. Uh, if you have any comments, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AllRightMary, or you can email us at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com and reach us there. Uh, I am Johnny also on Instagram. 
And you can get more of me on my podcast, In the Details, a celebration of nuance, where I'm continuing my Cherishing Valerie season on the comeback. And you get more of me on Twitter, uh, at Colin Drucker. And you get more of both of us at patreon.com backslash allrightmary, where there's a couple of options now. Uh, depending on how involved you want to be, you can either get a bonus episode every single week or a bonus episode every single week, plus videos, including video hot takes that come out the night the episode airs. So Every now and then. We won't be doing now it and every then. week because it yeah. depends on our schedule. And I will say, if you're just interested in supporting the podcast and you want to give something but you can't give much, we also have a you know a, a, a $2 level where you can get one uh, extra episode a month. Yeah. Um, which which I don't think is is bad either. I think we appreciate all support. So right, we and we try to be areas. thoughtful of like the episode we put out for the two dollar Patreons that are like oh that's a good one. Let's use that one. Yeah, so, totally, um, totally. So yeah, and obviously, uh, if you've not gotten a chance to head over to iTunes at this point in the game and leave your rating and your review, I mean, uh, we're we're all here waiting for you. We can't wait to yeah. see you with your five star rating and your nice words. We're all really excited about it. Yeah, you gotta move. You know, yeah. what I mean, Mary. Yeah, yeah. everybody, of, clap your hands. And, well, and speaking of gotta move, we have a last chance lip sync that I thought would be very appropriate for Snatch Game of Love this week. Um, it is Barbara Streisand's "Gotta Move," which is featured in the movie Tu Wong Fu, a recent um, Matreon, and it is a fabulous song to lip sync to. And I think some queens are sleeping on it. So. Yeah, so wake up, six. Yeah, don't rain on my parade. Yeah, get stepping. <laughs> Uh, we will see you over on Nuance when we uh, go a little bit more deeply into Snatch Game and this twist of Snatch Game of Love. But with that, Marys, we hope you have a fabulous week, and we'll see you next time. So ya. Gotta change my life, gotta find my life I'll find me a place in some new town And baby, when I find me that new place Then maybe I'll Gotta leave this town, gotta leave this place Gotta find a new man